This is Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. You can catch the show live weekdays from 3 o'clock until 4, locally in Tampa Bay on AM 570 and 910 WTBN and online at letstalkfaith.com and iheartradio.com. And swing by our website for all things I Work For Him at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com. And now, today's podcast broadcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian Talk Radio. And on Tuesdays, we call it... Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha. That's right. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon as we always take a break on Tuesdays and move away from work. And we move to marriage and relationships. And what are you doing to strengthen your marriage and relationships? Because understand that if things are a mess at home, you're going to bring that mess with you to the workplace. And if you're bringing a mess with you to the workplace, how are you possibly going to show a great example for Christ? And so as a Christ follower, you already know that your witness is really important. And so you already know that your Heavenly Father wants you to be working on your marriage. And you already know these things because you know these things. That's why we're going to talk about it on Tuesdays. We always talk about it on Tuesdays, don't we, honey? Yes, we do. In some aspect of, of or another um, about relationships and things like that. But one of the... Go ahead. You're going to interrupt. You need to go to a counselor. That's right. None of us want to hear those words <laughs> like that because we think it makes it looks makes us look weak. Don't it? Doesn't that what we think? Sure. Oh, my goodness. You didn't prep me for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. None <laughs> of us want to hear the words, well, you need to go to a counselor because it makes mm. us look weak if we need counseling help. However, Jesus told us in John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. So if Jesus said we needed a counselor, then who are we to question him? If the role of the Holy Spirit is to counsel us, advise us, advocate for us, why is it such a stretch that the Lord can use a Christ-centered counselor here on earth to help us work through our issues so that we can be more centered on Jesus? The truth is, we all have issues, even me. I was going to affirm that right then, but I know before you said that even me. <laughs> Some of us can work through those issues with a friend or a mentor or a wife or a husband, but though, but we all need to work towards gaining healing for our past so we can move forward to our future. Mm-hmm. Those of us who ignore the past get stuck in the past, and the past keeps impacting our future. Our guests today figured this all out. They figured it all out, <laughs> and they focused on making sure as many people in their area of the country Mission Viejo, California, can get counseling that they can get the counseling that they need. Mm-hmm. Jonathan and Amanda Wood from Trinity Counseling Ministries, welcome to I Work for Him. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. We're so glad. You know, I, I got to tell you guys as we were prepping for today's show, and I know we've done a lot of talking, but Martha and I were talking about okay, there's about 20 million people in the peninsula of Florida, which is the whole state that are suffering from a little bit of PTSD. Have you guys ever treated people for PTSD having to do with hurricanes? Or natural disasters. Or natural disasters. Well, we have earthquakes out here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, you know, getting, that's like having burps. Oh, no, you know, I can't getting, even, I can't imagine. But I mean, because you guys are used to it. We are, we are. But that's like saying somebody in Florida is used to a hurricane. So I we, just don't even know that that's fair. Or right, somebody I, from Minnesota is used to tornadoes. So I know it was a little off our topic, but Amanda, seriously, is, have you ever counseled anybody for dealing with the PTSD uh, after a, a natural disaster? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, whether it's a natural disaster or, you know, coming back from, you know, from war or having a death of a loved one or a suicide of a child. I mean, all of those things, you know, are, are traumatic experiences. 
So any good words of wisdom that you can share with people that are just not quite back to their normal selves right now? Well, I think just, you know, take your time. Take care of yourself. Mm. Take your time. Slow down. I think the one thing that happens in these events is that it's very recalibrating. We figure out what's important, what's most Mm -hmm. important really quickly. And so I think slow down, take your time, you know, do the things that you that have to get done and really work on taking care of yourselves and working on your relationships and, um, you know, spending that time just being grateful for what, you know, how you came through it and what you can do from here. I love that. That's like, okay, that was wonderful things right there. We could close it out. <laughs> That's and right. That's good for the show. <laughs> today. It's so funny because um, just on this for another moment, Jim wrote a blog, his blog for this week, which didn't get out on Friday like it's supposed to because, <laughs> because. of technical difficulties and no internet. <laughs> and so it went out last night, has had more responses verbally from people and on Facebook and stuff from people saying, wow, this really just, it's what I was thinking. Because he, he was yeah. reflecting on the hurricane and just... You know, the recalibrate, I think, is a great word that capsulizes all of it. And I had somebody comment on Facebook and said, yeah, I went to the grocery store and I normally would buy all the BOGOs just because I could. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to buy anything I don't need. I'm just really reassessing Mm -hmm. life as a whole. And um, I think there can be some really good healthy things that come from that. So I love that. Take your time. Because I told Jim when we got home from Evacuate, I said, now, honey, this isn't a marathon. Well, it is a marathon. <laughs> it is a marathon. Oh, I said it is. Not a, a yeah, not a sprint. Right, right. So I said, relax. All right. So, so those are our personal issues right out there on the airwaves <laughs> as we have uh, continued to struggle. It is, uh, you know, a, 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 it's hurricanes are the worst thing ever because they talk about them for 10 days. Yeah. And then they take 48 hours to get past you. And then you have, there's still a couple hundred thousand people without power yeah. in the state of Florida. It's probably a little closer to half a million. It's, it's amazing. And we and don't know what's still going on in Houston. We just got a thing right. on our phone that there was an earthquake in Mexico moments ago or mm. something like that. And, and Puerto Rico's you know, getting so hit by another hurricane. People are all over. I know there's fires. So just all right. So let's get, let's talk about it. We're talking today with Jonathan and Amanda Wood from Trinity Counseling Ministries out of Mission Viejo, California. We've got a long-time connection with these guys. We're not going to disclose that, what that connection is <laughs> unless somebody calls in and really asks nicely. But let me just, Amanda, you know, how did you know that when you grew up you wanted to spend your life as a counselor? Well, I don't know that I knew that. I, I know God knew that. Mm-hmm. So I basically went to undergrad and majored in psychology and then realized that with a bachelor's degree, I was qualified to do nothing. And so <laughs> I decided I was like, I'm going to go to grad school. And I, you know, went ahead and went into the PhD program because I thought I might want to teach or do research. And, and I'm, I think it's almost funny now because I spent so many years, you know, teaching and doing research and really all of that training has been for what I'm doing now as a, as a counselor and as a therapist. Hmm. So Jonathan, when you married Amanda 24 years ago, did you know that your life would be transformed by the ministry <laughs> that the Lord called your wife into? Absolutely not. Um, we have teenage and, and above kids. We know you're in that position. And when you're around 20-year-olds, you quickly realize that their thought process, which was my thought process at that same age, has nothing to do with anyone else. It's all about me. So, yeah, I knew she was doing this school thing, but I had no idea that that was going to be an impact to me. And I was so involved in, in 
planning for my career and planning for what I thought I was supposed to be doing, um, that I just joyfully went alongside with her. And no, there was absolutely no recognition that that was going to be a life-changing event for me 25 years later. I love that. I love that. So, Amanda, tell us about Trinity Counseling Ministries. Yeah, so Trinity is a, a nonprofit, a low-fee counseling clinic. Um, I, I'm the clinical director and the supervisor. And what's unique about it really is that, number one, you know, I can kind of duplicate myself. So in the sense that I have seven master's level interns that work under me. So we can see, you know, 50 to 60 um, clients a week, you know, very easily within our offices. And then we can also, we can charge, you know, very, very low fees because all the interns are getting hours for licensure. California requires 3,000 supervised hours before they can sit for the boards. So I've got these counselors with me for, you know, two to three to five years at a time. And so I really get to know them, and we have a great team of counselors that are working there. So why is that then unique that you have all these interns? I mean, a lot of people might not understand it because a lot of people, like it, like we said at the beginning of the show, not everybody is jumping in saying, yep, I know I need counseling, so I'm going to go to counseling. They have no idea why your model is so unique. Well, I think one thing is that, you know, most people who get doctorates or master's degrees and get licensed, they go into, into private practice. So, you know, I could easily be in private practice charging 150 200 an hour, see 10 clients a week, and I could be done. Um, but what's interesting about this is that we can see way more people and with me doing, you know, pretty much the same amount of work. Um, we're doing Christian counseling, which I think is, is unique and different in the sense that there's a lot of Christians doing secular counseling, but we are, we're praying with people and using God's Word and really understanding the connection between the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. All right, we're talking today with Jonathan and Amanda Wood from Trinity Counseling Ministries. You can find out more about them online at trinitycm.org, trinitycm.org. And ladies and gentlemen, just before we get back to Jonathan and Amanda, I want you to know why we're talking about this on Together on Tuesdays. The model that Jonathan and Amanda are executing in Mission Viejo, California, can be multiplied around the country. And it is so critical it gets multiplied because of the next point that Amanda's going to make. Amanda, you mentioned that Trinity is unique in that you charge very reasonable fees. Why is that low cost so that somebody can get access to a Christian counselor? Why is that? Why does that make such a big difference? Well, I think when we're when we are charging regular fees, so a regular fee for a licensed, you know, doctorate or a licensed master's level person is anywhere from a hundred to to two hundred an hour. So if you are going to counseling every week. That's going to add up really, really quickly. And what my experience is that people then stop when they feel good enough. You know, I think they don't continue um, to get kind of that, that full healing. And so when I meet with people and we talk about our fees, I mean, we charge $40 a session, and I go even below that on many, many occasions based on mm-hmm. someone's need. And I talk with people and I say, hey, what can you sustain over time so that you can get real freedom in your life from this issue? Mm-hmm. I like that real freedom. Now, Jonathan, because your wife has a doctorate of clinical psychology, how many times have you struggled with the fact that she's charging 40 bucks or something she could charge 200 bucks for, <laughs> and life would, life would be a little simpler? Full I, disclosure right I, yeah, here. Yeah, that's right. And I didn't tell you I was going to ask that question, but as Amanda was saying that, I'm like, yeah, that's a question we should ask. How often do you struggle with that? Ministry's messy. You could charge 200 bucks an hour and, be, and, and work 15 hours a week. I mean, talk to me about that. 
Yeah, I would love to to be able to um, tell you that I struggled with it because that would be normal. Um, this is the most unnormal thing that God's ever put in my path. Mm-hmm. I have not once, and this and Amanda can attest to this. Mm-hmm. We don't. It's not about money, and. Um, you know, we have been very blessed to have uh, God provide me with a regular Monday through Friday job that allows us to pay our bills. And this was um, kind of a natural outreach of service. I mean, the Trinity we've been doing for two years, but 12, for 12 years prior to that, Amanda was a staff psychologist at a large megachurch in Southern California. And that wasn't anywhere near the pay grade of someone that has doctor in their title um, either. And it was never, it's just never been an issue. And I, I'm so fortunate in that. We never have a financial discussion about the business, and God continues to provide for it. And um, our goal is that we don't go under. <laughs> Beyond that, we're fine. And uh, and he's been more than generous with us in that in that instance. So, um yeah, I, I'd love to have uh, um, be able to tell people my wife makes two hundred dollars an hour. That would be really exciting, but it's not about anything about the money. It's but you know what? That really a- speaks to me is that you know that you know that you know that that's what you guys are supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. and it's oh, it's, it's what we're created for, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what a testimony that is. So why is it that you think that so many people need counseling? Well, I mean, I think we all need counseling from time to time. You know, we mm-hmm. run into roadblocks. We've got coping skills that maybe aren't working for the new set of challenges that are, you know, coming into our lives um, based on our histories and, you know, kind of how much how much can we take. So I, I think we all need counseling. We all need wise counsel, you know, during various periods of time. And there are certain issues that mentors and pastors and our sisters or our moms or whatever really are just, you know, not equipped to handle. You know, I have people come to me all the time and they say, you know, mothers bring me their kids and they go, I don't, I don't know what to say, you know, and, you know, I've been trained. I, I do know what to say, you know, to help, and I can help train you to then know what to say. So I think I think that's where you know again we all need we all need time to I loved I loved going to therapy I went to therapy myself for many years I loved having that one hour to myself nobody it was all about me and there was no interrupting and it was just about me trying to figure out where where God was taking me and what I needed to do to adjust myself to be in alignment with Him. You know I just had this great thought. Because I've never thought of it that way before. For people that think they need a me day and go to the spa or they need a, mm-hmm. medic- a you know, pedicure or manicure or whatever to you know, make them feel good, what if we could change that paradigm to mm-hmm. where they, they thought that counseling was the thing that they needed to improve themselves from yeah. the inside out? Yeah, I mean, $40 an hour, that's a deal. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we can make that I think that you've got an idea for new gift cards. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're not and going I, to the spa, honey. No, you, you need a me day. That's, <laughs> so, and when you were explaining that to me, Amanda, I all of a sudden got a picture in my head of you sitting in a room with Jonathan and your three children, all with duct tape over their mouths, sitting still, and you're just talking at them for an hour. And they can't respond because you said you just wanted to be able to talk and have it be all about, you know, because a lot of times, I mean, those things that you're saying, they, they probably all need to hear, but mm-hmm. they can't keep quiet. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that the was people just in our I lives. Got. Yeah, yeah. That, I just got that image. Sorry. Right. Funny. Yeah. Now it's out of my head. It's on you now. Okay. You All right. So, Jonathan, Amanda's got this doctorate of clinical psychology. When you graduate from college, you <laughs> you probably didn't plan on being a counselor too. But as a husband and a number one supporter of the ministry, what unique role did the Lord prepare in you in order to be uniquely equipped to help in this ministry? Oh gosh, um, there there are two areas that I think. I had no idea at the time God was preparing me to use in this ministry. One was in business. Um, I'm an executive for a large Fortune 200 company. I've been exposed to finances and marketing and strategies and um, kind of planning out and mapping out roadmap for a business. So I was able to bring to the table a little bit of business acumen, um, which even in a nonprofit and in a ministry, I mean, we are to be wise uh, stewards of the gifts that we're given. Sure. And so um, I think that was a preparation that I would have never associated with a ministry. Um, even in the middle of my career, I was tapped to be the president of a large industry uh, association, and that gave me a lot of exposure to how nonprofits run, what are Robert's rules of order, how do you set up a board, all the things that you need to do to qualify to have a not-for-profit 501c3 organization like we have. So I had no idea that was part of the plan. At the same time, God had been tugging on my heart going back almost a decade now um, for using animals in therapy and using animals to comfort people. And so as a result of that, I was exposed to um, some great mentors who train animals. In fact, uh, one here in Southern California who's a sheriff and a Christian uh, and is a handler of a search and rescue dog and is called out of Orange County all the time to natural disasters where they're doing a recovery. Mm. And he and his dog go to do that. And he gave me some great counsel on how to prepare my dogs. And when I started doing work with the dogs, it was all about kind of me just showing up somewhere and providing comfort. Safety was not on top of my mind. And, you know, when you bring live animals into a hospital or an extended care facility, um, bad things can happen by accident. And he really helped me to understand that and then connected me to a uh, an organization in southern Illinois called Extreme Canine, and the people there also have a not-for-profit um, called This Able Veteran, TAV, uh, who trains dogs for PTSD returning uh, warriors from overseas. So when our soldiers come back and have struggles, this organization actually finds dogs, trains them, prepares them to be PTSD uh, dogs, and then gives them at no cost to these returning warriors. Wow. Um, and I've been fortunate, I've been able to go out there multiple times for weeks on end and live in a barn with 40 dogs and really get exposed to understanding how dogs interact with each other and how they can be used for comfort. And I did not realize that was what God was doing, was preparing me through all of that training, which I thought was so I could go be of service. Um, instead, what it, what it turned out to be was my area in the ministry is to help people who want to be of service to others and want to integrate an animal into that. Because, let's face it, if you go visit a friend at a hospital, what what is your natural body disposition when you walk in? You look like you're in hostage negotiations, right? You walk into the hospital room, your hands are clasped in front of you, you're standing kind of tall, and you look down and you go, how you doing? <laughs> well, 
the answer should be, I'm doing really bad. I'm dying. <laughs> um, but we don't ask good questions. When you bring a dog in, a lot, a lot of us don't. When you bring a dog into a, a therapeutic environment like that or into a situation where someone's hurting, all of the attention goes to the dog. It takes all the pressure off you as a person to then be able to listen to and interact with the patient. And so all of that preparation was really leading me to be prepared to train other people how to do that. I think when we talked a couple weeks ago, you know, one of my comments was, um, you know, ministry is not about addition, it's about multiplication. Discipleship's about multiplication, you know, bringing more people in by, by pre- uh, preparing them to be able to go out and share the good word, right? And so my job, I thought, was supposed to be the one out there sharing it. What I realized with the ministry is my job's supposed to be helping others be prepared to go out and share. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just thrilled about it. And Amanda, I bet you never thought dogs would be part of your training and part <laughs> nope. of your counseling. No, no, no but it's great. I love it. We all need counseling. Those are the famous words of Amanda and Jonathan as from Trinity Counseling Ministries. Amanda and Jonathan Wood are joining us today. And they're from Mission Viejo, California. And we're talking about counseling and the fact that everybody needs counseling. But Amanda and Jonathan, let me just let me just ask this question. This is a little, I, I got an agenda with this question. <laughs> well, which Oh boy. So, yeah, well, okay. Brace yourself. But here's the deal. Isn't it true that if most couples would just take time to talk with each other genuinely, take time away from the stupid TV and social media and actually look into each other's eyes and be honest and talk through things and work through conflict, that that could eliminate a lot of need for counseling. Now, it doesn't take care of past painful issues, but would that eliminate a lot of marital conflict that you see going through counseling? Well, yeah, absolutely. And and I think the other issue is that people don't come to counseling until it's really bad. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. people wait way too long, and by the time they get into me, you know, I've got a chasm the size of the Grand Canyon. And so it takes a long time to build a bridge across that. Well, and that's why Martha and I do yearly marriage retreat cruises. So that was my agenda item. Right there. <laughs> oh, that's where you were going. <laughs> there you go. Well, but because <laughs> because on a cruise, and we do a, a very intentional, it's a five-day cruise, which is really only 94 hours on the ship, but a very intentional, you get away from your kids, your cell phone, the internet, and you have each other to really work through things and talk through things with very directed, intentional conversations and a lot of fun. And we're going to Cozumel, which hasn't been impacted by a hurricane yet this year. So if you want to come on the Marriage Retreat Cruise with us, and of course, Jonathan and Amanda, we would love to have you guys join us. Go out to I Work For Him and click on the Events tab. We only have three couple spots left for next year's cruise, February 8th through the 12th, 2018. And it's very reasonably priced, just a little over $1,000 for the weekend for the couple. And one of our goals in doing that is helping people before they get to a crisis. So um, our goal is to build up a marriage that just, you know, we, we get lazy. We don't do things intentionally and we just assume that it's still going to keep on working and functioning wonderfully. And so we just like to encourage people to take some time to set aside for themselves, much like you were seeing the me day, you know, with counseling and is, is to say, you know what, my marriage is a priority. I just want to strengthen it. I don't want to get to a point of crisis. And um, so we have actually... I know we want to get back to the conversation, yes, we but we've had people say, well, we're really, you know, in kind of a crisis mode. I said, well, if you want to live in a 10 by 10 room for 
five days in that crisis mode, then sure, join us on the cruise. But it may not be the right time yeah, for we you. We mostly <laughs> say this is pre-chasm marriage couples. Yeah. That's right. But check us out online, iWorkForHim.com. We'd love to have you join Martha and I as we lead all the discussions as we're out there on sea. All right. So, Amanda, you said when we were talking, prepping for the, for the show, that there's just a few things that we all need to have a basic understanding of, of who we are as individuals and how we're wired. First of all, why is it necessary to understand who we are? Well, I, I think it just, you know, we go through life with more open eyes. And so I think we're, we're more functional. I think we're healthier. I think we, we make better decisions. So it's understanding what my, you know, what my pet peeves are, what my defaults are, how I tend to react under stress. I think most of us are just sort of rolling along, and we're really not, um, you know, analyzing and looking at why we do the things we do. So who did God create us to be? I mean, the, the, this whole conversation of do you have tools to help people understand their individuality of who God created them to be? Well, absolutely. I think, first of all, he created us to be in relationship with him, and ultimately while we're here, we're to love him and love others. Now, how that gets played out as a mother and as a wife and as a counselor and as a friend, I mean, that, that looks different. But, you know, and each of us have our own unique gifts and our own unique experiences and, um, you know, and things that we bring into all these different situations. But, yeah, absolutely. I think spiritual gifts tests are great. I think that, again, just being in counseling and understanding what, what kinds of things we're good at, what kinds of things are, are in our wheelhouse, um, how we can serve others, I think those are important things to understand to make our lives, you know, and our time here, fruit, you know, fruitful before we meet the Lord. Well, as much as the media will tell you that there's really no difference between men and women and, and people can change their genders just, you know, by deciding that's what they want to do. Oh, my. <laughs> men, and, men and women are really wired differently, though, aren't they? I mean, God yes. did, a, did a very specific job in wiring us, didn't he? Yes. we. I mean, we're both wired in his image and created in his image, but we have definitely different different strengths, different weaknesses, and we provide different roles. That's why, you know, as man and wife, we, we complement one another. So what, I mean, I'm going to give you free reign right here. Okay. So when you, if you have an audience of, you know, potentially 20 to 40,000 people after all the podcasts are listening to, what is it you want to say to them about why they should seek out a counselor? Well, first I just want to talk briefly about kind of how we develop these problems. So there's the physical aspect of kind of physiological wiring. Some of us are wired more, you know, we come out more biologically sensitive, sensitive to the environment, um, you know, or, or less sensitive, more flexible, more resilient, less resilient. Okay, so you put that child then into an environment. And you have to remember that as parents, we are, we're giants in this kid's life. And in the beginning, the kid doesn't even have a language. So they're working completely off of body language and off of just watching you and your energy and the, your tone and things like that. And they learn really quickly how to please the giants. I mean, if we could imagine if we're living with people four and five times our height and they're basically controlling everything, we find out really quickly what makes them happy, what makes them sad, and how you survive in that environment. Okay, so you put a sensitive kid into a real chaotic environment and they're going to come out with certain messages about themselves. You put a, a more flexible kid into a chaotic environment, they're going to come out with certain messages about themselves. And we create these templates, and then those templates are the things that we sort of overlay onto all of our other relationships. 
And some of those templates and those coping skills are not adaptive. Um, you know, addictions develop out of there. Um, you know, anxiety disorders develop out of there, depressive disorders. You know, anxiety a lot of times is just I'm going to worry and worry and worry and fix it and fix it and fix it and try to work at it, work at it, work at it. Whereas depression comes when I give up and I'm just going to retreat. And it's that retreating that's actually some of the most destructive behavior, yep. isn't it? Yeah, when, when, when you retreat enough, you become completely hopeless. And once we've lost hope, then, then people start to become, you know, mildly suicidal. They, they, they don't think that they're worth anything. They don't think they have a future. And so then, you know, you're working just on having them, you know, be alive for the day, much less, you know, have a career or have, you know, some sort of a, a ministry. You know, I've heard it said many times that one of the greatest ways, if, if you're having one of those days, and I'm not talking about clinical depression, but mm-hmm. people that are just having, they're having a depressed kind of day, yeah. that the greatest way to get past that is to go serve somebody else, mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. your focus off yourself. Do you find that that's true? Absolutely. you got to get get out of your head. and um, <laughs> That's a good one. Get out yeah, of your head. Yeah, get out of your head. Definitely want to get out of my head, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go and serve. Go and do something else. Do do you know what I would call a recalibrating activity? You got to do something different to kind of snap you out of what's you know kind of your current state, so that your mind starts to move forward and look toward um, you know learning something different. You know, I can just comment to that. Um, after Irma this past week, I saw that this weekend a bunch of um, girlfriends that I'm friends with on Facebook got together and did a craft, a fall mm. craft. And st- every comment was, I so needed this. I mm-hmm. needed to do something other than stack my canned goods and, you know, look at my bottled water mm-hmm. and um, all of that kind of conversation. And it, it was very refreshing to me to go, you know, that's what, that's true. We need to just mm-hmm. do something. And for them, it was creativity, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. get out of the um, environment that they'd been in and the funk that you could easily sit home and, yep. and feel. I just thought it was yeah. sexist because I didn't get invited. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay, so Jonathan, next question for you. Okay, you've been married 24-plus years, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you and Amanda ever have any arguments? Never. Yes, of course. <laughs> okay, so you have arguments. Because How I'm, hard? because I'm a counselor. Yeah, but that's what I'm, I'm getting to. I don't. I have them. I don't win them. How, I was going to say, how hard is it to have an argument with somebody that's evaluating everything you say? It's, uh, it was much harder in the beginning. Mm. I, I have to tell you that when we were first dating and Amanda was getting her Ph.D., she used to bring home psychological <laughs> tests <laughs> to practice. And if you, you know, the Rorschach test, the inkblot test, and these different types of tests. And I said, you know, you've seen all my answers and you still are deciding to marry me. So That's good um, news. But something did you get to flip be... the tests around on her, though, Jonathan? I had no, I can't interpret that any better than the next guy on the street, right? It all looks like a butterfly to me. But, um, you know, to kind of piggyback on what you were discussing before, I think there's, there is a very distinct difference between trying and training. And if I told you you had to be, you were selected and you were going to be running a marathon in the Olympics two years from now, you would begin training. You wouldn't say, Martha, I'm going to be trying real hard. I'll try real hard on the day of the Olympics on my big race. You would have trained and prepared for that. And we have it just the same thing with our spouses, right? You leave the toilet seat up and Martha says, hey, would you please stop? And you go, honey, I'm trying. TrinityCM.org. TrinityCM.org. We want you to pay attention to this model. If you know a Christian counselor, a Christian psychologist, 
if you know somebody like this, the model that Jonathan and Amanda are living out in Mission Viejo, California, is one we need to multiply across mm-hmm. the country mm-hmm. so that people can keep going to counseling so they get complete freedom instead of just good enough. Jonathan, I apologize. I hate interrupting people, but we just barely got out. You were talking about trying and training. And and tra- trying, our, my husband trying to remember to keep the toilet seat down, which I have to say, because we talked oh, about it off talk, the air, we never had that issue in our home. Yeah, so I'm right. very thankful. Okay. Well, <laughs> and I apologize for going to the break on a potty reference. So. <laughs> That's, well, okay. That's okay. That makes for good ratings. <laughs> well, and, you know, just to kind of close the point out, um, therapy is training. I mean, we, as Amanda pretty very, uh, clearly illustrated, we carry a ton from birth to adulthood. And some of those habits and some of those behaviors that are destructive or keeping us from freedom, you can't just try them away. You have to train them out of you. And that doesn't always happen in isolation. Certainly it can. I mean, we, we have a, a powerful God and a Holy Spirit that can change everything. But... You know, the, grace is not opposed to effort, and having that, putting that effort into um, training to be the person God created you to be is important, and that's part of why we think this whole model is important. It's a, it's a long-term affair. Now, you're talking about adjusting our resilience or working on our resilience. Is that what you're talking about? I'm talking about resilience, like about better better coping skills. I'm talking about having better ability to regulate our emotions, you know, understanding that our feelings aren't facts and understanding what fact the facts really are, um, believing the best in people, seeing things from other people's perspective, seeing the world through God's eyes, all of those things. Those, those things take, take training because we tend to just see things from our limited experience. Okay, so here's the really baited question. Now, because I grew up, and just for reference point, my mom got her Christian counseling master's degree uh, from Liberty University when she was in her late 50s, early 60s. And so, but my mom was always a counselor. People were always telling her issues, and she was always talking to people through issues. So I know the answer to this question from my perspective, but Jonathan and Amanda, you got three kids. They're 16, 19, and 21. How hard was it not to go into counseling mode with your kids when they had issues? Because... They probably at times going, Mom, seriously, seriously, Mom. <laughs> well, they, they did. They said, Mom, I don't need a therapist right now. I just need a mom. <laughs> oh, that was good. That's and then, good. and then I would say too. I'd say, Do you want mom a mom's perspective, or do you want what I would tell my clients? And, and then, you and they, say, and they would say, they would say, Well, what would you tell your clients about this? And then I would say, This is these are the questions I would ask. And then would you say that's forty bucks? Yeah, oh, that, that, that would have been lovely. I would have, right. I would have been making all kinds of dough. <laughs> That's great. I yeah, no, make... I was actually paying for that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We big pay, time. We pay big time for our children. So let's just go back and talk about the model that you guys are yeah. demonstrating here because a lot of people, Amanda, have joined after the bottom of the half hour, and, and we didn't restate it. I really want people to know, what are you guys doing that's so unique at Trinity Counseling Ministries? Well, and this is the part that that can be, you know, replicated. You need one licensed person who's willing to supervise some other people, uh, master's level people or whatnot, and those master's level people um, have to be willing to volunteer or work for very, you know, low pay in order to get their hours. And that's what keeps the overhead really low. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the limitation is that many licensed people don't want the liability 
Um, I mean, realistically, every client that comes into that office is legally my client. Mm-hmm. So if something were to go wrong, I'm legally on the hook for it. So, I mean, for me, that's not an issue for me personally, but that is an issue for many, you know, for many therapists and, and for churches. You know, I worked at a church for 12 years and many other churches, I tried to duplicate this with other churches and they did not want to take on the liability. So really, isn't that not it. willing to take a step of faith? I mean, we're, we're worried. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, yeah, I mean that's what that's what I did. I just I felt like you know if my license if something were to go bad and my license you know got revoked or something went horribly you know south, um, oh well, I mean God's going to call me to something else or I'm going to do it in a different way or uh, you know whatever. But it also gives you just the opportunity to say I'm going to stay on my toes and I'm going to yeah. you know do the best that I Absolutely. can and, and make sure that my interns are doing the best that they can yep. and and they get a lot of um, trust from you in that mm-hmm. respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, just quickly, tell our listeners how you guys um, use horses and dogs a little bit in your therapy. Go ahead, Sweeney. You start with the horses. Okay, yeah. So with the horses, we do. I do run equine therapy um, retreats probably four times a year. And so those are times, again, where you take it. It's a day retreat. You go away for the day. There's a ranch out in the canyon about 20 minutes from here. And we spend the day with the horses and just reflecting, again, on, you know, God's creation, his majesty, working with, with the animals. It's a, you know, it's a 1,200-pound animal, mm-hmm. and um, it kind of pulls for kind of a fear response. People are a little nervous and usually uncomfortable if, not, if they're not, haven't been exposed to horses. And so you really get a view into how how they deal with fear, how they deal with uncomfortable situations, and then the animal helps them to kind of, you know, work through some of those things. Amazing. And Jonathan, what about the dogs? We do two paths with the dogs. One is personal service. So many people, lots of people have a desire to be of service. And I think, Martha, you brought up a great um, illustration of that with after the storm and, you know, what Mm -hmm. can I do with myself other than restacking these cans? People have a desire to be of service. When you add your dog into it, it takes so much of the pressure off of what am I going to talk about? What am I going to talk to this person um, in in relation to where they are in their life? How am I going to handle the situation when I'm there? So I spend a fair amount of time training individuals on how that have a heart for service, how to get their dog into a place that it can be of service. When you're taking your dog in places, you don't want the dog to be, you want the, the patient to focus on the dog. You as the uh, as the therapist don't want to be focusing on the dog, or you're missing what's happening with the patient. So mm-hmm. we want to get we want to help people get their dog, their personal dog, into a state that's safe for people around them and not a nuisance, um, but that can be a joy. So a portion of what I do is that much more individualized um, focus, and then I also work locally with organizations like um, hospice care providers, where I evaluate uh, animals for them for their volunteers, so that that they have a level of comfort in sending a volunteer and a dog into someone's home um, as a volunteer to visit, let's say, a hospice patient, they want to know that that dog's going to be safe as well. They have a liability uh, in sending volunteers out. So um, part of our practice is to uh, assist others, and we don't charge for that. That's just part of what we do. Um, but we'll assist others in get, being sure that they're sending safe dogs out into the world. That's and I do good. this uh, in seminar format, and I do it one-on-one in group therapy and group uh, dog training lessons. 
Very, very cool. Now, Amanda, you don't just counsel at, at Trinity Counseling Ministries, found online at Trinity trinitycm.org. You don't just counsel Christ followers, right? You're open to anybody, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. How often do you see people taking advantage of that that aren't Christ followers? Well, I mean, I would say probably 90% of, you know, the client, the clients that we have are, are believers. Um, but absolutely. I mean, I've got, I get referrals from local psychiatrists and, um, local Salvation Army or people coming out of rehabs or whatnot. And they're not, you know, they're not Christians. Um, so, I mean, we, you know, we talk with people, you do all the same things in terms of understanding their history and where they've come from and what, you know, kinds of behaviors they've developed and how they can make those different and, we go from there. So really quick, what are the top two issues that you typically help people work through as a Christian counselor and psychologist? I mean, I would say individually are depression and anxiety. And then the second piece are, you know, marriage issues. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, I want to see spouses really uh, be one and be best friends and complement one another and be a good team. And to be a team, you have to have different strengths and different weaknesses. It's, you're not supposed to be the same. And I think in a marriage, we, what's more comfortable is if the other person's like me. And really what, what makes a better team, you know, we've got a baseball team. You don't have 12 pitchers and, you know, nothing else. You have people with a variety of different gifts. And so I try to talk to people about that idea of being a good team and your partners have certain strengths and then you do too. I love that. Another reason why we should do a joint marriage <laughs> retreat cruise together. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, that would be fun. Be, that would be great. Nice. Jonathan, I give you last word, 15 seconds. Anything you want to say? Well, I just think you two are doing fantastic work, and it's been such a blessing to connect with you prior to the show, at the show. You know, to, to those listening, you have a passion. Go chase it. Yeah. That's why it was given to you. Yep. Mm, Jonathan words. and Amanda Wood from Trinity Counseling Ministries, found online at Trinity, trinitycm.org. Thanks for being on I Work For Him today. It was great having you guys on. Thank, Thank you for having us. So Mm-hmm. Make sure you check them out online. And if you're in Southern California, look them up, trinitycm.org. But if you're somewhere else in the country and you want to reproduce what Jonathan and Amanda have done at Trinity Counseling Ministries, check them out. Reach out to them, trinitycm.org, trinitycm.org. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.